the biggest mistakes realtors make is that they advertise themselves constantly and they post their numbers and they post their successes and they post all this stuff. And I tell them all the time, I say, look, you are a very, very important person in someone's life for a very short time. <laughs> That's awesome. And I say, however, at the end of the day, when they're talking to their grandkids, they talk about the house that they used to own on first street. They don't talk about the realtor, the realtor that bought it. And I said, even young couples that have never done a real estate transaction before are looking for a guide. They're not looking for someone that has all the answers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everybody Brands podcast, where we know that if you don't have clarity about your brand and for your business, neither do your customers. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Everybody Brands podcast with Brian Soy. And today I'm having a conversation with Jake Zufeld. And Jake is the owner and the principal and the founder of Weldwood Marketing, way out on the other side of the United States in Oregon. And I would just like to welcome Jake and say, Jake, that's the length of your introduction, but I would just like you to introduce yourself. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I mean, this is, this is a real honor because when you and I first interacted i think you've just been named like one of the top 100 marketers to watch in 2020 i think mm, yeah was that that was that the title of it yeah top 100 marketing influencers to watch and oh I, so they tagged on the influencer label onto the side of you you're an yeah, influencer yeah and that was that was like i completely discovered it by accident when i was looking up some articles of mine that relevance.com had published that's great that's great. No, it's uh man, it's so cool to be here. I have the weirdest background for work you've probably ever heard. Um, I've worked at a skateboard shop, a lawyer's office. I worked in a restaurant for eight hours <laughs> once. Uh, I've done maintenance in public schools. I worked in the oil field. I have done a lot of weird stuff and I absolutely love that because the last year especially has been very humanizing for me in the sense I think and this is I think this is going to sound surprising to a lot of people the last year has made just everything more human to me not in a negative way that even with all the division and all of the different issues that have happened politically, socially, medically, philosophically. Coming out of pastoral ministry after 10 years, there's a surprising amount of, man, how do you put it? Sugarcoating, if you will. We'll, we'll <laughs> keep it. We'll keep it nice. What's your podcast rated, by the way? Well, our, our um, podcast is rated, is rated um, G for general audiences. I do have to, I do have to heavily edit if there are any. Okay. Um, Four letter words dropped in. That's good to know. Sometimes recovering pastors just, you know, it's like all pent up or something like that. So. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, no, I, I've done a ton of marketing work over the last, gosh, 15 years, whether that's for nonprofits or it's for churches or it's for community or whatever it is. And so it was such a natural transition. People ask me all the time. How'd you go from ministry to marketing? And I just tell them it's literally the same job. And they kind of chuckle. I go, no, seriously, it's, it's the same job. And I think there's a ton of space 
for pastors and ministry leaders that are interested in either having a side job or transitioning from ministry into doing something that has so many similarities because in marketing there's an immense amount of communication people skills writing and then the piece that i think we're going to talk about today is there's an immense need for caring for people not just caring for businesses and companies yeah yeah and you know in part i thought i thought you were going to throw in there the whole idea of storytelling too because basically hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Cause communicators, <laughs> let's not, let's not think that all pastors are good storytellers though. Yeah. Or, or good communicators. <laughs> or good communicators. Yeah. And let's just to be fair, not all marketers are good communicators either. Also true. So we don't, we don't want to single anybody out here because um, I have deep respect for the, you know, anybody in pastoral ministry I've been in, I've been in uh, lay ministry. Uh, so I guess as a volunteer and seen firsthand the stresses and isolation and, but, you know, as well. So uh, great respect for, for both sides. So really with all your history of, of, of work um, and then becoming an entrepreneur, uh, I would say you've now become unemployable by anybody else oh. because you, you've tasted the honey. Yeah. Well, that was part, I mean, that's part of the non-negotiable for me as I was talking to my wife. And I didn't have to leave pastoral ministry. That was something that was really important to me that I wasn't being forced out and get fired. It wasn't like all this kind of stuff is when I started the business, the intention was to, you know, generate side income among with a lot of other motives with it, but it wasn't a have to leave. And I don't take that for granted because there's a lot of pastors that are having to leave their post in the last year whether it's financial or it's disagreement or it's all these different things. And one of the things I told my wife is of all the challenges that came with pastoral ministry, and they are numerous. One of the best things for me was I was always available to my family. Mm -hmm. And if it was my kid had a school performance or it was something else like that, I was oftentimes like one of the only working parents that was able to be there. And that to me was a non-negotiable. And so that's part of what drew me into being self-employed Sure, was having that freedom. Yeah. And that's huge. I know I made that mistake once and once in my 25 years of of owning Aspire is I put a client meeting ahead of the opportunity to go to an award ceremony for one of our our children and they ended up getting like some top award. Um, So I made that mistake. Um, you know, and I'm just thinking back to the, like, so the whole part about caring for people um, and I approach, you know, I approach businesses, you know, as a, from the side I do, but to actually, so not being in pastor, but still it's a ministry. I mean, I'm, I'm caring for people where, I mean, we're all caring for people if we approach our business from a faith-driven perspective that way. Um, and so I'm, I always remind myself I'm here for the good of others. And, and that involves, I mean, it involves a ton of things, you know, and, and that's what I wanted to talk with you about because we both experience clients who come to us and say, I tried to do this with another agency and this happened. Can you help me? Right. So, um, and, and you and I had some a quick conversation a couple of weeks ago about somebody came to you and if you can just 
anonymously relate that story. <laughs> it's it's an odd thing. I think of the statement I made to you a couple weeks ago was some of our best prospecting comes from bad marketing agencies. Mm-hmm. Is it's an unfortunate thing in the marketing world. One, it's it's more. What's the word I'm looking for? There's just a lot of marketing agencies, and I don't think people outside of the space realize it. I equate real estate and marketing to each other a lot. And part of it is that we do a lot of real estate marketing, but the industry is very, very saturated. And from an outside perspective, it looks like we all do the same thing. I think the same can be said of realtors. A lot of people will look at, you know, some of the top realtors and then they'll look at whatever their brother-in-law's nephew, whatever, who just got the real estate license and they go, what's the difference? They just have to create a transaction for me and we're done. And we had someone recently come to us and I didn't know this until last week. I, I found this out after you and I had talked that we are probably their fourth marketing agency. Oh goodness. I thought we were their second and it came down to him not trusting the other marketing agency. And he just had some questions about some things that they were doing. Asked us our prices. They were about three times what the other marketing agency was asking. And I said, well, let's just do a quick online presence assessment, which is what we do a lot of. We Mm -hmm. don't do do marketing assessments in a true traditional sense. We do online presence assessments. And so I pulled up their ads. And one of them, this was in June, mid-June. One of them was an ad for a Memorial Day special. Okay. And the guy immediately, since you said you're a G-rated podcast, just dropped, you know, a litany of profanities. And he (laughs) said, I'm going to call that guy right now. I'm going to fire him. I'm going to ask for my money back and we're going to hire you. I said, great. Let's, yeah, let's do it. And so we walked through and made a strategy for him. And he emailed me two weeks later and said, hey, we just had the most successful week we've had since we opened in 2016. Oh, that's great f- feedback. It was, it was, yeah. I mean, needless to say, we were excited. He was excited. You know, being able to create that momentum and sustain it is a whole nother animal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one, it's one thing to just launch a successful marketing campaign as a one-time thing. But what was interesting about it was we'd done some work for him doing SEO. We'd been successful with that. So we built some rapport with him. But we just recently made a mistake with him. And it was something that someone on my team had done where we were running Google ads and an ad came up in a location that was probably not a high impact location, but it was something in the ad that was about where their business was located that was the issue. And it was a mistake for someone on on our team. And it was an honest mistake. It was an area they weren't familiar with. And from a, as the crow flies, it made sense to list this area. However, from a driving standpoint, you had to wrap around water. It was too far away. It was all these different things. And so what was a bit ironic about it was the person who called out the issue was actually a marketing agency, like two marketing agencies ago. 
oh. they reached out and what we there was so much backstory we didn't know about like this marketing agency was not a full-time marketing agency like we are it was someone who is in the same industry as this client and also does ads on the side blah 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 so they wrote this like scathing email about how we were doing everything wrong about how this person shouldn't trust us about how if if they wanted if our client wanted this marketing agency to do a full assessment of the ads to make sure that we weren't wasting their money, all these different things and made these like just massive overreaching assumptions about our motives behind it. And what was interesting is I got the email forwarded to me and what the client said was, you know, this is something that probably needs to be changed. It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to be advertising in this area. They said, however, I want you to know, I don't care what this other guy thinks. I just wanted you to be aware of this. And so in the end, two things happened. Number one, I owned up to our mistake. I just simply said, yeah, that was a, you know, that was an issue. You know, we'll definitely make some changes to that ad. And second, this guy said, yeah, hey man, uh, no problem. And it was, it was so odd because I had been there and experienced his backlash to a marketing agency that had made a mistake. And then we made a mistake and didn't have the same backlash. All right. So, so what's the difference in the whole relationship between you and this client? And let's look at it in two different ways. So there's, there's the company, you're probably talking to an owner, CEO, and then he's thinking of the other agency, but his relationship is really with you. Right. So what's the difference in that? Before we continue our conversation on the Everybody Brands podcast, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever imagined trying to read a label from the inside of a bottle? It doesn't sound easy, does it? Now, imagine trying to do that with your business. Do you ever wonder if people on the outside of your company think your brand is clear and focused? If so, I want to tell you about the Clarity Credo, 12 principles that can help you align your branding with your business strategy to inspire your team and grow your business. The principles of the Clarity Credo will help you build a brand that people love through purpose, character, culture, and voice. Get a poster of the 12 principles and a year's worth of practices that you can apply to your brand and business when you sign up for the Clarity Credo at claritycredo.com. I've thought about this quite a bit. And I don't have an answer for you, but I do have a response. Okay. How's that? Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. The, we don't always the older... have the answers. We, all, <laughs> the we don't old... always have the answers on this podcast, although we explore a lot of questions. The older I get, the less answers I have and the more responses I have. <laughs> I, think, I think it came down to empathy and authority, which as you and I have talked about before, and I think we've read some of the same literature kind of positions you as a guide. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of what this person was looking for. And I think it's a lot, I think that's primarily what not just business owners, but, but people are looking for. And I talk with realtors all the time. One of the biggest mistakes realtors make is that they advertise themselves constantly and they post their numbers and they post their successes and they post all this stuff. And I tell them all the time, I say, look, you are a very, very important person in someone's life for a very short time. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And I say, however, at the end of the day, when they're talking to their grandkids, they talk about the house that they used to own on first street. They don't talk about the realtor, the realtor that bought it. And I said, even young couples that have never done a real estate transaction before are looking for a guide. They're not looking for someone that has all the answers. And so in this situation, I think it came down to that point is that by the time they reached us as the fourth marketing agency, they just wanted someone that was willing to come alongside them and say, hey, I think this is what's best for your company. And one of the things that we have in, it's not even in the contract for us. It's just in our stated agreement and expectations is we're not going to sell you any services you don't need. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we're going to leave you better than we found you whether that's a two hour consultation or whether that's one year of working together with you. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, you're, you're working to help them and, and not, not sell to them. Absolutely. I actually have, well, I had it on my whiteboard behind me. It's not on there anymore. It said you're an advisor, not a salesperson. Exactly. And that's become a huge, that's become a huge, component for us. And it seems, you know, I, I didn't want to come on here today and talk about all of our, whatever, gloat about welded marketing and the things we're doing well. Um, because that, I think that that misrepresents what it's like to do marketing. Sure. And, sure. and some of the, some of the challenges that go with it is for us, it's Honesty, transparency, authenticity, all those things are really valuable because marketing is so much like fishing where you go out to a location and you have to use the right bait. You have to use the right length of pole. You have to go at the right time of day. You have to know what fish you're fishing for. You even have to make sure you're in the right location, right? But there's no guarantees with marketing. And I hear this a lot from people is as I'm doing discovery calls, I go, what's your guarantee? And what's amazing is I don't give them one. And I've had, I've only had one person tell me, well, I'm not going to work with you. And he came in with it with absolutely zero trust. And he said, I think all digital marketing is a scam. I said, well, then why are we on the phone together? Exactly. And he just, and he just goes off about all the different agencies and all these different things. And at the end of the day, he was like, I want you to guarantee your work. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll guarantee my work. Absolutely. I'm not going to guarantee any results for you. And I'd simply told him, I said, look, I don't, I'm not in your business. I don't even know if your product is good quality. It was an event-based business. And I said, I don't know, but I can work with you and learn as much about your business as possible. But at the end of the day, you run your business. And he was like, I always guarantee my work. And he just went off on it. I said, all right, cool. But what's amazing is I think that that's refreshing to people because every marketing agency, not every, I want to be clear, that's a generalization loves to gloat about all of the success that you will have working with them. And we've had a ton of success with clients, but it's the idea that, you know, <laughs> this might not work. That is oddly enough, something refreshing for people. Yeah. You know, you, you could, you should guarantee your process, the work you do. Exactly. You can't guarantee success because you know, there, there may be unforeseen circumstances in the market that you can't account for. I launched a business, you know, a new business um, segment for our company you know, about three to six months before the pandemic hit and it should have gone well, but 
it ended up tanking because the pandemic hit. Um, so just, you know, it's timing in the market, what people are looking for, you know, um, you know, interesting about the realtors. So it's true. We think about the, we, the place we belong, the home we lived in, but at the same time, I know a young couple that worked with a realtor who was very helpful to them, found them a, a competitively priced house in an extremely hot real estate market in the U S um, who then lost that house to a tornado. And the first, one of the first people to reach out to them beyond their close friends and their church community was their realtor who just said, how can I help you? And connected them with a, that's a fantastic. Builder. Yeah. And connect them with them with a the builder. And, uh, you know, they recently had an open house and they connect, you know, the builder was there, but the realtor was there with his, his spouse, uh, his wife. And, um, you know, just the overflowing gratitude. And they still just talk so much about the, how much that realtor helped. Didn't try to sell them another house in another part of the city. It's just, they, they fell in love with that place. And the, the realtor is the one that helped them make the connection. So I think, I think that that speaks to how, you know, we as, as brand builders and marketers help people make a connection with something that's really meaningful to them. hundred percent. And that, uh, that, empathy and authority that you talked about earlier combines to create credibility, which is the trust that people place in you. I think that's a great summary. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to diminish the role of realtors <laughs> because they obviously do play a huge part, especially if it gets into a complicated situation, right? Sure. When there's, when there's legal ramifications to it. I just had a conversation with one of our clients the other day and we were talking about their messaging. We're, we're rebuilding a website for them. It's going to be, I think, 55 pages, right? And it matters a ton that we have this consistent message to it. And one of the things that they positioned themselves incredibly well is they said, look, you, you do not want to get into a legal situation with a realtor that's inexperienced. And they, they did, I thought, a fantastic explanation of that and saying all of the reasons why it's not necessarily the tagline for an ad campaign. Right. Yeah. It's like pick us because you might get in a terrible situation and we'll be able to get you out of it. You know, but again, it, it came down to this idea of you desperately need a guide. And I love the word credibility. I think even for our realtors that are brand new, there's a way to establish credibility that doesn't come from, Hey, we had 500 closings last year. Mm -hmm. There's ways of, of having credibility. And some of it is that promise that this is your story. This is your house. This is your, and we are going to make sure that in the end, you're going to get whatever. You have to sure. fill in the blank there because it's not always the guarantee of it's, you know, you're going to get exact, you know, stress-free process you were looking for. Right. Right. And, you know, and really I think of, I think of a realtor and because we recently sold our house, built a new one. Don't, the, we worked with a realtor who was working with the buyer of our other house and you know, she was also became our advocate then to make sure that the, the transaction went smoothly. So, and that's where we talk about with our clients often is we are their advocate, one to the, um, 
the partners that we're tapping into to do some of the tactical work or do some of the print work um, where, you know, as the strategist, we're, we're the advocate for their company's future. And we will advise them on this might not be the best approach. Have you looked at it from this perspective right. um, as well? So that's I love the, the word advocate. Yeah. I think there's I a lot. I of, love the word advocate. Yeah. There's a lot of these, these things that, you know, can come from the legal or, you know, we talk about, you know, if, if, if you, cre- if, if you're, realtor or whoever, you know, our clients become raving fans about our business. That makes them ambassadors in the marketplace because they're going to talk, you know, so I'm sure you're getting referral business now because so so one realtor talks to another or within a realty group and they're like, well, you know, who's driving the leads for you? Who's helping you come up with this, this messaging, this website and, you know, ambassadors are huge. Yeah. That's one of our goals for our clients is we want them to be business owners that other business owners call for advice. Ooh. That's one of our sort of litmus tests that we're doing a good job is yep. when they're in, they, was, they're in such a position that other people are hitting them up going, where'd you get that website from? You know, how are you handling all these clients with our business automation? Different things like that. We love that. We absolutely love that. Is that if, if, People don't know we exist and a company does incredibly well. We feel like we did our job exceptionally. Right. Right. You know, going back to that hero, that hero language. Sure. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll think of them as champions instead. Like, um, well, like actually, so yeah. So like we want our, our clients to be champions for us, but our, our clients, we want them to focus on making people who become champions for their brand, who, not only will just like, if, if there's a referral made, they'll just bring it up in conversation because they had such a great experience or, um, and, or they also got, had a great result from, from that. Uh, and they don't make that referral without trust. Right. And trust is, I mean, this was something we talked about the other day and I know it was really kind of the topic of of our conversation this morning, but trust is such an odd thing. It's such a moving target because Mm -hmm. people's perception becomes their reality so quickly. And I mean, we could, that could be a whole nother podcast series, but trust is such a moving target because a brand that you don't trust could be a brand that I do trust. And it could be based off of some objective statistics and yet we interpret those statistics differently. Right. Or is that there's something that we're like, this is the best selling product in that industry. And I could look at it and say, that means it is far too trendy and it's overpriced. And you could look at it and say, yeah, but my experience with it has been, Absolutely fantastic. And I go, oh, I don't trust them because they're too corporate, right? Like I'll go back to my punk rock days and be like, it's too corporate. I'm not, I'm not interested. I don't trust them because they have a different agenda. And so it's, it's such an odd thing that our trust can be, it can waver as much as it does from individual to individual. Sure. But, but what you're talking about too, is you've identified in, we're looking at that as an example, you and I then have both identified different set of invisible or visible attributes absolutely that that are 
that we are assigning to the brand. And of course, a brand is what we think it is, not what the company thinks it is. And at the same time, we've both also self-identified with a particular tribe. So you're punk rock, you're part of a punk rock tribe <laughs> that questions authority and you know is skeptical. I'm 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 not I'm not gonna say I'm part of a punk rock tribe, but I'm part of a tribe that <laughs> is skeptical. Um because I, I I see the I see the world for what it could be instead of what it is. Sure. Not not that I'm an idealist. I'm a designer, you know. So. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm also not. I mean, I grew up playing in garage bands and things like that. Um, I'm, I use that as an example, obviously. But it, it's just it's fascinating to me that you can build as much credibility as possible, and people will still walk into a meeting with you and just immediately distrust you. Right. And it, and it has nothing to do with you. Well, right. Because people are coming in. It's just, business is human. It's all about, it's people to people. And, you know, the people are the most important, I call them brand touch points. You know, it's that you're the front sure. frontline person. Your last experience with, with somebody is, is their best, is their last best chance for a, a good impression of you. So you know, we can drop that. You, we can drop the ball anytime. Um, but it's also, you know, in, in any relationship, it's about fit. You know, so if we're selling our services to B2B or B, um, as, as marketing and brand agencies, we're selling them. It's about, are we a good fit for that client? And is that client a good fit for us? Right. You know, um, and then likewise, when we look at brands, we have to think, is this brand reliable? That's a, that's an invisible attribute of trust. Is it, you know, it, does it align with my values? Because my money follows my values. Is is this something my tribe would buy? I mean, you know, okay, here's the tattoo ref tattoo reference. You know, <laughs> you, you are are you are a Stratocaster fan. I could tell by that's a telecaster. Or a telecaster. It's hard. Yeah. It's 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 hard to see on a on a video yeah. call, but yeah. Right. That's a headstock from a 1950s telly. So Got it. Got it. And I'm, you know, in, in my, my audio, my, in my background, I love Gibsons. I love the warm, rich, throaty sound of a Gibson. And Sure. Before we wrap up this episode, I want you to think about the things that stand in the way of achieving your business goals. For many leaders, it's complexity, uncertainty, and the challenge of getting their vision out of their head and into action so their team and business can thrive. The one thing I know business leaders seek is clarity for their brand, message, and business strategy. I understand how frustrating it is when your business isn't growing or your marketing doesn't produce the results you expect. Instead of wasting money on marketing that doesn't work, the fastest way to grow your business is to define your focus and create a clear message about it with the StoryBrand framework. Since I became a StoryBrand certified guide, I've helped dozens of leaders unify sales teams and grow their business with clear messaging that helps customers understand how brands help them overcome a problem or achieve a goal. StoryBrand is a proven model that helps teams and leaders communicate with clarity, connect with customers, and grow their sales. It's a sure way to get everyone on your team to speak in one voice with a clear and consistent message. So if you need help defining your focus and creating a clear message so your marketing starts to produce, contact Aspire at aspire.com slash storybrand so you can stop wasting money, find the clarity you need, and get your business growing.
which is funny because ironically i play strats <laughs> i have um, a telly tattooed on my arm okay but i play stratocasters primarily so yeah this is the birth of all electric guitars right here that's okay. why i got it you went up to me it was the first one so. okay <laughs> but, you anyways know, you both, were saying though but they're both you know so we both you know we both so with the, in the big category we both love guitars um we've just come to trust and love different brands for you know various reasons we either identify with the tribe we we, we love the the invisible things the way it sounds the way it looks um, right it's so. preference yeah, well, it's so like, I, I have a question for you then with that is because i know you talk you just made that great statement about how people are you know, really ambassadors and things like that. One of the challenges that I have as a marketing agency who's giving consultations is when you rely solely and entirely on word of mouth, at some level, you have released control of your messaging. Ooh, you have, yes. And so how, how do you view that as I mean, I, th I think of just in the last year, the amount of statements that were made by brands, whether it was about the pandemic and vaccinations, whether it was about social justice, whether it was about, I mean, so many different things that were out of their control. I'll give you a great example. Corona beer. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that if you put a lime in, it neutralizes the virus. Thanks for being part of the Everybody Brands podcast. We'll be back soon with part two of this conversation. In the meantime, visit aspire.com slash resources for more great content like this. Music from this episode is the track Wrong by Dan Hennig found on youtube.com slash audio library slash music. Mm -hmm.